1: The MLB app, baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: I have to first say I'm delighted by that. Oh, I
0: think it's terrific,
2: and I appreciate our our, um, our guy Mike, Matt Pataglia, who put that together this week. Um, I sent him a bunch of clips and requests and said, "Can you weave all this?" into something, uh, but I also wanted to keep the voice of Brian Haddad, who did this thing for us 15 years ago, and he was able to do that while weaving in his voice, which was not an easy thing to do. Uh, I got in a, a Game of Thrones. I got in Anchorman. I got in uh, Larry fa- David. Almost, almost Famous. Almost Famous, yeah. It was Godfather, yeah. I'm, uh, you know what? Give it one
1: more time.
3: Are you not
2: entertained? Are you not entertained?
1: It's time for What We're Watching. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Oh. The best in current movies and TV. Boy, that escalated quickly. I am a golden god!
0: With Glenn. Mike Silston. Hey, Mike, come here. Let me look at you.
2: Michael! Hey, Mikey! Pretty, Pete! Uh... And the ending is so great. And I just want people to know that what we're watching, which has always been Saturday at this time, is now going to be Saturday and or Sunday at this time because... You watch a lot of good TV. Jody watches a lot of good TV. I do. We go to movies, and so I want you and Jody to both kind of have the opportunity to do it, and it gives me a little more flexibility if I have something or don't in a particular week. So you will be hearing what we're watching 1125, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Sunday, sometimes this week, both days. You're about to to review something. I'm just going to say that um, I think tomorrow— I'm going to review this uh, miniseries I've been watching called Blackbird mm-hmm. on Apple TV Plus, which is um, about a guy who is a convicted uh, drug dealer and arms seller who gets offered... A deal from the government that if he goes undercover in prison and gets a guy to confess to a crime, he will get a lighter sentence. That's the oh. that's the premise of the show. I don't want to give you any more. I want to watch a few more episodes before I review. But so far, so good with Blackbird. But you, my friend, watched a documentary series this week. I
0: did. Uh, three parts. Uh, so it was easily done in a couple of nights. Uh, and it is called Trainwreck. Uh, and it is on Netflix. And it is all about Woodstock, but not Woodstock 1969. Not, not the good one. <laughs> not the good one. It was about Woodstock 1999 uh, and the three days of music and destruction and general, what would be, Jackassery? Yeah, Jackassery and chaos uh, that took place in upstate New York over those three days. Um, it's it's. A really interesting documentary to someone, and I hate how this sounds, from my generation uh, as someone who's 47, who was in his 20s throughout the 1990s. Uh, it allowed me to kind of think back to uh, that time in the country, that time where I was in my life. And um, it really gave it gives viewers an inside look as to why this was such a terrible event and why it went so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says something about our society, too, I think. Um, you know, th- there's this contrast between the naivete of the people who were involved with the first Woodstock, getting involved with this one. It was all peace and love and three days, and there nobody there were no fist fights, nobody got hurt, and they thought that Beautiful. was going to happen again. A lot of drugs. Yeah. Um. Well, there was all there was a lot of that stuff. A lot of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there wasn't a lot of peace and love. Um. There was a lot of fires and fights and really inappropriate behavior um
2: bros being bros
0: exactly and uh you know like i said it's an interesting look at that time and that kind of slice of our cultural history
2: how's the music because the original woodstock i mean i bought the soundtrack of that and played it for 30 years and the movie the original woodstock it's like oh my god this is crosby stills nash and young first time they got together and
0: richie havens and joe cocker and 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 you know everybody was there it was great the music is not a point of emphasis in this documentary. Oh. It's really not. And and in some ways, that's good because while you have uh, this list of acts that appeared during Woodstock 99 that includes artists like Sheryl Crow and Willie Nelson and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you also have some who you look back on and go, or at least I do, and go, people listen to this stuff? <laughs> you know, uh, corn and limp biscuit, which is just not my cup of tea, and yeah. a lot of those sorts of bands were doing a lot to get a crowd of close to 300,000 people really riled up uh, and really not in a good place.
2: All right so what's your grade for this?
0: My grade actually is three stars out of four. I mm-hmm. mean um, it's a it, it's a pretty honest revealing look at this little slice of our cultural history um, where if you look hard enough you can see, precedence for what comes later with kind of exhibitionist behavior on social media and things like that um you know this is 1999 this is before this is after the cold war has been won and before 9-11 when everybody thought Uh, everything was awesome
2: yeah we were in pretty good comfort level for those couple of years all right so worth watching there you go and the name is train wreck and it's on Netflix. Correct. Trainwreck on Netflix. Good job, Mike. Hi. Right, by the way, what we're watching, of course, is sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Take advantage of Guided Door and Windows' big summer sales event. Receive forty percent off all windows and doors. Call one eight seven seven GO GUIDA or visit go g u i d a dot com. Jack in Santa Barbara. What's going on with you this morning? Hello, Prof. Hey there. Good
3: to hear your voice. And Mike, nice to meet you. You too, Jack. Um, I'm on a Dan Baker plan. I've been there with with Ray and Glenn and <laughs> not missing any of my surfing mornings on Saturday. It just doesn't happen because I'm sitting in with these guys and now i'm I've got this new journalistic connection with both of you and I love it thank, thank you. you absolutely um. I, I do have a uh, what I'm watching uh, tidbit to give you, Glenn, before sure. I give make my point. So I I stumbled on to Mark Knopfler, and I know you're both music guys,
0: mm-hmm. very much, especially doing novel.
3: doing all his his solo albums, not Dire Straits, right? And it's it's five parts and. I'll say no more. Oh, it's a documentary
2: on Mark Knopfler? It's a a show? Oh, Oh, what's it on?
3: Well, it's on
2: YouTube. Okay. okay? I can find it. And
3: right after that, I found the five-part piece about Joe Montana, which I think is taken from a 30 for 30, but that was incredible, too. Okay. But the piece about Knopfler is not many songwriters give you a lot of insights how they write Songs mm-hmm. and this is this is not to be missed. I think you'll I think you'll love this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean,
0: just, just not to interrupt, Jack, but Knopfler. No, it's fine. Yeah, Knopfler yeah. did uh, music for several feature films. You know, he's on soundtrack oh, after oh, soundtrack, including. Sure. Uh, what is one of the most beloved movies of all time, The Princess Bride? He did the, all the he music. Did the for that. soundtrack for that? Yes, he did. I never knew that. I always just figured Randy Newman did every movie. I, am I going to
2: have to carry you on the show yes. every week? Yes. <laughs> why, do you th- why do you think I wanted to bring you in? <laughs> yes. Uh, quickly, what do you got, in the Eagles, Jack? Okay, so so the,
3: the other piece I watched was about Sam Mills because I wanted to watch about the coach, you know, getting set up for. For today, yeah, to the hall of
2: fame. Yeah, Sam Mills okay. is also going in to the hall of fame today. Uh, people here remember him for the Philadelphia Stars. Yes,
3: so the Kobe Dean he has a model, yeah, for, yeah. For, for to follow that you know, where everybody says, Oh, no, he's too small, and what a great piece! Short okay? style. I'll,
2: I'll look for it. Jack, always a pleasure. Short guy, heroics. Sam Mills was maybe 5'9, yeah. I mean, I think they listed him at 5'11. Which was extremely generous. Yes,
0: very, very much so.
2: I've not stood next to Nickobe Dean. I'm told he's a legitimate five, ten and a half.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's an interesting comparison. And if Nickobe Dean has anything like the career Sam Mills had, he'll be
2: he and the Eagles will be in good shape. Will be great. Uh, Sam Mills getting in the Hall of Fame today. Uh, Art McNally, who was the uh, head of officials for many years, who's a local guy, is getting into the Hall of Fame posthumously. Uh, posthumously, excuse me. And of course, Dick Vermeil, uh, Ned, in Lafayette Hill. What's on your mind, Ned?
1: Hi, guys. Thanks for uh, for allowing me to come on this morning. Talk about Vince Scully and Dan Baker, two guys that really add to what baseball really means to this. To, to this country and, and to our city. I don't know if, if, if it's ever been played or if you guys are aware. Because the Phillies broadcasters could not participate in 1980 in the mm-hmm. World Series, Vin Scully called that series. And yeah. his his call of the ninth inning, and especially Willie Wilson striking out, is classic. And I had my father had made a tape of it. For some reason, he thought to tape it. While everybody was watching the game, and I don't have the the cassette anymore, and I've been searching for it because mm. it it's exactly what he he gives the time and you know he says that it's you know he he did, he did a he pause.
2: sets the moment for history, which was one of the things mm. that was kind of a hallmark of his brilliance. He knew when it was a big moment, as the one you're describing, as I talked earlier about the Koufax no hit or whatever. He knew to kind of place it so that people hearing it 10 years later, 20 years later, would, would kind of get the sense of, of the moment.
1: Right. And, and as I recall, he, he says, you know, whatever it was, a fastball, you know, got him swinging. And the Philadelphia Phillies are the champions of the world, which at that time to me was to hear somebody say that was, right. was magical.
2: Well, no, no one had ever and, said that before. Exactly. Uh, what
1: do you got quickly on Dan Baker? He's, he's a classic. He makes going to the ball games, um, part of like a Philadelphia ritual and um, he's again what makes the Phillies part of the fabric of the city whether they're good or bad Dan Baker's there and he's going to welcome you into the ballpark and you're going to recognize that voice so um, two voices that, um, that that play a huge role along with, with her other guys that, that were you know Harry and White and yeah, everybody very, else.
2: very nicely said Mike let me ask you this so we talked about um, Zinkoff mm-hmm. a, a little bit ago um, by the way, Debbie um, Big Daddy, Big Daddy's widow, texted me a little bit ago, and it was a picture from their wedding, of Big Daddy and her and Zinkoff. Wow. who announced them going down the aisle? Oh man, now husband, it'd be great. Husband and wife, I can't do Zinkoff, <laughs> and that was that was a that was not it. But in this town, we we had Zinkoff, um, got Dan Baker. Um, Lou Nolan, mm-hmm. right? Um, John
0: McAdams at the
2: Palestra. John McAdams at the Palestra. Um, I'm forgetting the guy who does the Sixers now, who's terrific. Oh, Matt, Matt Cord. Cord. Matt Cord. Um, and we know these guys, right? Yes. And we know their names. We, we and we know who they are, and we listen for them. Yes. I've worked in other cities, and I don't. I don't get that in other cities. I worked in Detroit. I grew up in Buffalo. Went to a lot of games in Boston. I don't know that in other cities, stadium and arena announcers are the celebrities. Are the the celebrities not the word that I want to use? Are the fabric of the sport
0: that they are here? I think you're speaking to something that is really intrinsic and unique about Philadelphia. You could almost say the same thing about uh, local newscasters that people treasure the relationships they perceive to have with people like Jim Gardner or Lisa Thomas-Laurie, people who have, been, who have done the job for a long time. Uh, and I think the public address announcers and the voices that you're talking about fall into that category. There's no sense of this is artifice. This is something that we feel we need to do in the moment to try to enhance your experience. Your experience is going to be enhanced just by being here. You are part of the community. You are a Phillies fan, a Flyers fan, an Eagles fan, a Sixers fan, a fan of Big Five. And we are here to make you comfortable and familiar and excited. And we have these people who do this and do it well. So this is part of the fabric of being a Philadelphia sports fan. Yeah.
2: I mean, I've, I've said this before before in terms of our broadcasters, yes. right, in terms of the Merrills and the and the Franskys and L.A.s and the Harrys before them and, you know, the Jim Jacksons and the people like that. We don't always have great teams, but we've always had Hall of Fame broadcasters. And I think everybody knows that. But the guys who are the PA announcers are in this town huge. First time I moved here, first time I went to a Flyers game, okay, I moved here in 86 uh, in the, in the and I went to a Flyers game. That winter, because I moved here in November, and I went to my first Flyers game. And I see before the game, this guy's walking across the yeah. ice, and people going, ooh. I'm thinking, like, why are they booing that poor guy? Yeah, They're not booing. They're saying, no. Lou. <laughs> I, I they're, knew- they're cheering the PA announcer. They're recognizing him. And that was 35 years ago.
0: I He's still doing it. I, growing up a fan of the Phillies and the Flyers in particular, I knew Dan Baker and Lou Nolan before I ever met them hmm Right. From watching games on television, from going to the Spectrum and Veterans Stadium, because their voices were so much a part of the experience of following and watching those teams.
2: And by the way, Lou, like Dan, terrific guy.
0: Oh, incredible Terrific guy. guy. Incredible. Both of them are absolutely terrific, terrific people.
2: Back in the day, Lou's son and my son were about the same age, and they played hockey against each other a number of times. And Lou and I would sit together in the seats, in the stands. And then, like, by the end of the first period, we decide, like, you know what? Maybe we, we won't sit together. It's like <laughs> it's too much hitting going yeah. on out of that ice. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. 592 94-94. Coming up at noon, we're going to talk about uh, the greatness of Dick Vermeule getting into the Hall of Fame. We want to talk to you today with Mike Sealski. I'm Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP.